Hello, and welcome to the Path of Most Persistence. This is a place where we hear and share tenacious stories of overcoming obstacles with our partners who dare to share a bit of their own personal paths. Andy Burks is a Texas A&M graduate, class of 2013. She is a mother and executive assistant in the Texas A&M Office for Diversity, serving the interim vice president and associate provost for diversity. Andy is a member of numerous committees and has been the recipient of several awards and acknowledgments. Andy, it's so good to have you here with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well this kind of cold morning in, in January. I really do appreciate you coming in. I know your schedule is hectic and busy and packed. So if you would, uh, in your position, can you talk a little bit about what you do as an executive assistant? Being an executive assistant comes with many hats. It's being a advisor to students that walk in. It deals with um, donors and running events, and it changes day to day and year to year. Um, I would imagine there are some commonalities, some maybe skills that you've had to maintain, but I'm sure there's been ones that you've had to learn along the way or that were truly different. Can you talk a little bit about maybe perhaps what you've learned, how you've adapted? Well, my entire career up until September has been in the engineering realm, okay. um, jumping from T's um, to nuclear engineering to the Bush Combat Development Complex. Um, one of the commonalities is the network, people that I've met in my first job. I got to revisit in um, jobs six years down the road, and it, it was great. Um, never burn a bridge. You know, keep those connections and networks. They help you yeah. throughout the years. Um, that's one of the main commonalities. Um, the differences would be those that I've worked with. Um, in the Department for Nuclear Engineering, I worked with a lot of students, hands-on. I would worked with a lot of donors, hands-on. Um, but when I transferred to the Bush Combat Development Complex, it was a lot more military-based. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Different lingo, different people, um, but it was great. You know, I expanded my network and my skills. How do you successfully maneuver to one minute talking to a student that is really maybe vulnerable, sensitive, um, unsure about what they're doing, to an executive, to someone within the military? How do you, do, do you communicate with them differently? Um, how do you put them at ease? A little bit differently. Um, when I was new to the role, I would sit back and read the room and observe how those that have been in the roles um, longer were, were acting. Um, you need to treat all the, the students and your executives and your, your guests the same and with respect. I love that. And I think that that's a reason perhaps why you're so respected is because it's a constant. But I want to, to go back on something you just said about reading the room. Mm -hmm. So many times when we work with young people and uh, or maybe just a new professional, sometimes we say that to them, you know, just be a sponge, read the room. But if you had to explain that to a young person or really, um, I don't know, look into what that means for you and what that, how you do that, how do you read a room and why is it important to read a room, so to speak? Oh, well, I think it's different from, from every event or every meeting. Um, reading a room can be looking at how people are socializing, 
are they, for example, in the times of COVID, are they shaking hands? Are they staying six feet away? Do you need to um, respect their extra boundaries if, if they want to um, you know, stay more than six feet away? Um, reading the room can be not just a, a physical room, but it could be reading a room in regards to email. Do mm-hmm. they like lengthy, detailed emails, or do they like short and sweet to the point? Um, every every person is different, um, what they want and what they need. But with that, there has to be a constant within you. Although you're reading the room, reading individuals, how they communicate, there has to be a constant with how you communicate. And I really want to touch on that. Does that come to you naturally? Does it? Is it a skill that you've acquired over time that that you've decided perhaps long ago, recently, or that's just who you are, of how it is that you do present yourself to the world, how it is you do communicate to everyone? I've never thought about it, so I guess it comes naturally. Um, I've always thought that you want to present yourself in the best manner because you don't know who's watching. You don't know everyone in the room. Someone could be your next boss in five years. And they might remember you. <laughs> and I'm going to challenge you, and I say challenge because that's what I say to my team members when I really want them to think something through. I would love for you to really think about that because I think you would be a perfect person to give a master class <laughs> on, on that. So um, really taking that time to, to, I guess, become aware of how you do those things. Mm-hmm. We would love to, to have you speak on that because it is such a valuable skill. It's a, a valuable skill set that not everyone, unfortunately, is just part of some people and the majority of individuals. I think they have to learn it and they have to study it. And sometimes they're consistent with that and sometimes they're not, but you are consistent. And so I think for someone like you, if you analyze that and you can make it a teachable skill set, we'd love to have you present in some way. But but going a little bit further, with all of that in mind, I think also, um, as I look at your roles and responsibilities, there has to be a certain manner of of being organized, Mm -hmm. being scheduled, um, and also managing stress. How do you do that? I wanna jump back a little bit to the last topic. Um, regarding what makes it maybe secondhand or mm-hmm. you know first nature for me, whenever I was growing up, I was you know tagging along with my mom to all these meetings and interacting with adults at a young age, and I think that maybe what made it second nature. Nice, okay. Um, and then that kind of ties in with the being organized. Um, I was an only child growing up. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't spoiled. I didn't have all the hot toys and all that. I was kept busy. I volunteered. Um, I volunteered over 100 hours for 10 years in a row. Um, I was involved in numerous sports and clubs and organizations, and I think managing those are what helped me today. Um, And from growing up, I transitioned those into college and different organizations there, running a student leadership conference for over 100 students, um, the MSC Fall Leadership Conference. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) And I used a lot of those skills when I was doing events in my in my roles as my full-time career. Okay, I'm so glad you went to that direction because that's on my list to talk to you about all your service and all your volunteerism. Um, your resume is full. 
<laughs> that seems pages and pages of your community work, volunteerism, all the things. So it's interesting that maybe started in your childhood with your mother. Mm -hmm. It sounds as though she was very much the same. Mm -hmm. She and I were um, involved with the National Charity League. It's a mother-daughter organization. And we did that from seventh grade until I graduated high school. There's actually a chapter here they just opened up in Bryan College Station. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it encourages mother-daughter mm -hmm. participation. Mm -hmm. It's a national league. It's all over. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So as you're doing good work, you are also nurturing your own relationship mm -hmm. between the two. And, and it seems as though, I was just discussing this with a colleague of mine, um, the... Hmm, how do we say it? The troubled times of adolescence and into <laughs> teenage years. So do you feel like in your particular, um, I don't know, experience that that helped through those years that can be tumultuous? Not that they are for everyone, but did that help y'all's relationship working together in these ways? I think it helped, and it helped to see uh, other mothers and daughters working together and uh, their bond is different and unique, and then our bond is different and unique, and I really enjoyed that time together. Um, I was super excited to hear that they had a chapter open up. We have a, a daughter. She's only 20 months now, but knowing that's an option down the road. Yeah. So you have plans for her. Eventually. For <laughs> you and she. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And in all those years, and again, I'm, I'm thinking back uh, to my time when I did work on campus with young people. Um, I did come across students that did love to volunteer and to be highly active, but I have to say the majority of them really weren't into it. Mm -hmm. And perhaps it was because they didn't have that foundation of mother-daughter at the very beginning. But some of them feel, in my experience in observing them, that maybe it just wasn't for them, it wasn't any fun. Um, can you talk about those experiences and why did you continue? Was it just to please your mother or did you find enjoyment yourself? Well, she definitely encouraged me. <laughs> yes. um, but not every volunteer experience is going to be something you might enjoy. Um, find what works for you. Find what you're passionate about. You could go from dancing in a giant soup can to raise food for the food bank. You could go paint a fence for a historical community, or um, it could be sewing blankets or raising um, items for women's shelters. There's all kinds of options. But and, and that is so wonderful. And again, clearly, uh, you find joy in that. But did you? But you know, once you left, mm -hmm. you're beneath your mother's wing, so to speak. But you continued. So obviously, um, you have a passion. Of it for your for yourself and and I'm wondering what the why is because you're a professional person you have a spouse you're a mother so how do you keep that energy up how do you persist well I didn't I didn't continue efforts? it right away mm -hmm. um, in college I focused on school and the okay. organizations I were involved in um, then I, I got married started a family but I felt like something was missing and then I discovered Junior League. It's an all-female volunteer organization. Um, we have a chapter here in town, and then I joined that. I've been in there since 2017, and I love it. It's giving me new volunteer opportunities as a group, and I get to network and meet other strong women around the community. When someone hears this interview, or if they were to see your resume, they may think she is such an extrovert. She has no worries. She probably is the most confident person ever. 
Is that how you would describe yourself? No. <laughs> I easily get nervous um, speaking to people, but once it starts, it just kind of starts rolling off the tongue. Um, I like to challenge myself, but no, it it's not just easy. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for sharing that, and, and I hope that was okay that mm -hmm. I asked because I think, again, so many of our young people, and some of us personally, it people assume that you, you might be an extrovert or it comes to you naturally, but some of us do have to push. And again, I'm thinking of younger people or mm -hmm. anyone that's listening. For those that are timid or maybe those introverts or those that are maybe lack confidence, how, how can we encourage them just to say yes, just to try something? Well, you don't have to be an extrovert by yourself. Um, maybe you have a friend that wants to try something new, do it together. Um, and expand your, your friend network and, and try it with, with a friend. It's not so um, scary. Nice, nice. And I won't ask you to identify a favorite committee or organization. I won't ask you that. But I do want to know, have you had some situations, maybe experiences that really stand out, maybe um, ignite your passion for what you do that really feed your soul, so to speak, those memorable moments that you can share with us? I would say it's not necessarily for me. Um, the organization um, that I would be working with, but it's the people I was working with and making those friendships and memories. And those are the ones that usually just continue on forever mm -hmm. and ever. That's mm -hmm. nice. It makes it more meaningful, I think. Mm -hmm. So we spoke a lot about service, which is wonderful, but I want to jump back to the professional side mm -hmm. of things. Now, again, you're in high-profile offices, high-profile position, and I want to go back to you know the pressure, the demands of those roles. Has there ever been a time that you've ever felt overwhelmed or maybe just defeated in some way that maybe you didn't meet your own expectation or that you were disappointed. But I don't really want to focus on that particular item. I want to talk about how you continued, how you persisted over maybe in a disappointment or a frustration or an uncomfortable uh, event. How do, you, how do you get past that or how have you gotten past that? I think one thing to take note, and I need to take my own advice more, is what might be a big uh-oh for you may not be that big. Other people, it may not matter as much. Um, but I keep jumping back to your network, but talk to your colleagues. Um, maybe they've already gone through that experience, and it's something they can help you with. Nice, nice. And as far as uh, your dedication to the A&M system, the university, <laughs> How do you explain that to other people? Because sometimes people, I get the, the question when people ask, you know, people that work for A&M or that are Aggies, they have this, um, this desire to stay connected. They have this passion for it. How would you describe that to someone that isn't an Aggie, doesn't work within the network? How do you explain it to them? Well, it's definitely that saying from the outside looking in, you can't understand it from the inside out, you can't explain it. But A&M has been a part of my life um, since I can remember. I grew up in Willis, um, but at the time my father worked in College Station. He would commute every day, so 
Um, we would, my mom and I would go see him for lunch if I had school off. So there was a little part of A&M there, um, including my husband and myself. We have seven Aggies in my family, soon to be eight. My cousin was just accepted for this fall. So that's exciting. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, exciting. So when I was growing up and went to college, I never thought I would, you know, I never saw any other place as home. Mm-hmm. Willis was my home. But then College Station started feeling like home. Um, my husband and I, you know, we both we met at school. My parents met at A and M. When my husband and I graduated, we we never left. And <laughs> um, we both started working for the university, made a career for ourselves, and it it really became home. It became a family. Um, the university, the system, they take care of their employees. I feel like um, that's my experience. <laughs> Nice. And I want to to jump to persistence mm-hmm. because, um, again, this is the path of most persistence, and it, sound as, it sounds as though you've persisted through many positions, many roles, many responsibilities, much, much service. But if you could give a definition of what persistence is for you, your experience, I would say persistence is dedication. It's dedication to yourself, it's dedication to your family, and it's dedication to your career. Nice, love it. Let me ask you one other question Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to be aware of the time, but I want to know if you you have a child, Mm -hmm. a daughter, Mm -hmm. so I think she's a little one. Okay, so maybe in eight, 10 years, she's listening to this podcast, and she's really has an opportunity. She's in a position where she's able to comprehend who you are as someone besides her mother. What would you like her to know about you? What do you want her to know, um, to realize, to focus on as a a preteen teenager? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) All the things. Um, I guess that you don't have to go through life or challenges by yourself. Um, jumping back, use your network, use your people, your family, your friends, whatever, um, those that might be able to help you in the issue that you're facing at the time. Nice, nice. No doubt um, she will be extremely proud of her mother in your setting, such a, a fine example for her and everyone around you. But as we begin to close out, are there any messages, any thoughts Um, anything that maybe you prepared for that I hadn't touched on that you'd really like to speak about? I really think we we touched um, every corner that I can think of. Um, The only other comment I was going to make was about using your network, but I think I mentioned that with Adeline. (laughs) I don't think we can mention that enough, and uh, I think sometimes when uh, students are young, you know, in high school we really start talking to them about maybe networking, but I don't think they quite feel it until a little bit later on. And not that it's too late, but it's better to learn it sooner than later, for Mm -hmm. sure. Okay, so I want, uh, as we close out, I've come up with something new to uh, ask our guests. So this is a rapid fire. (laughs) So I'm just going to start a phrase. I want you to end it. And we'll see how it goes. I feel like I'm on a game show. (laughs) It is almost, right? Okay. I believe in family. I trust. (laughs) I was going to say family, but I don't want to repeat the answer. You can repeat things if you want. 
My husband. Nice. I love my family. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm, hey. I'm stuck on a thing here. Sorry. <laughs> no, no apologies. These are your answers. I fear mm. failure. I forgive easily. I want happiness for everyone. <laughs> I believe in luck, hard work, or miracles. Hard work. I persist because I try. I love that. Gold star, first time we've done it, and she hit it out of the park. I think that's wonderful, and it's, to me, that stays consistent with everything that you're communicating. Andy, thank you so much. It is such a, a pleasure to, to chat with you today, and um, I know that, again, your schedule is quite busy, but thank you for being such a great example to everyone around you, for sharing uh, a bit of yourself today, and I really mean it. We would love for you to, to give a master class. You know, we have a series, our Clean Smarts master class, but we would love to have you as an expert in some area. So think about it. Um, my people will get in touch with your people. <laughs> well, thank you. For <laughs> Maybe the me. same person. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. And, and any final words? Oh, thank you for having me. I, I enjoy chatting with you. Oh, love it. So to our audience, thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you listened to the entire conversation. And like Andy, let's network. Let's network to improve ourselves, to improve those around us. And let's have a great day. Thank you.